now entering Welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay with John, Kellen, and TJ. And this week we are joined by local indie hip-hop artist Nathan Conrad, a.k.a. Spoken Nerd. Nathan, uh, welcome to the Sanctum. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, I've, I've booked a couple shows with you. I've known you for a bit. So just take a second and, and introduce yourself uh, to our audience and to the other three gentlemen on the cast. Absolutely. My name is Nathan Conrad. I'm a rap singer from Nashville, Tennessee. I do hip hop music and I like to write songs about a little bit of everything. I've done a series of songs about different movies that I've enjoyed. In fact, uh, haven't done one on the movie we're talking about tonight, but uh, but yeah, it's kind of my passion and what I do. So Nice. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy the music, which is why I've, I've reached out to you in the past for shows. I think you played my or you emceed at least my like five year anniversary show, I think at the yeah. local or the country, whatever the hell it was called at that particular time. So, um, so like we do with all our guests, we asked you to, to pick a couple of flicks and then we narrow it down to one. And uh, we landed on 2022's men, uh, which was directed by the, just the amazing Alex Garland uh, who did annihilation and ex Mahina, which I adore uh, big fan of his. So um, if you're not familiar with the film, uh, it follows Harper. Uh, she retreats to a countryside uh, to get away from a tragedy uh, involving her husband committing suicide. Um, while she's there, she keeps running into these men who all share similar features, who, of course, always are always played by the same uh, actor, Rory Kinnear. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he was in the show Penny Dreadful. He played Frankenstein's monster. And he crushes it in this film, um, as all the different play, uh, characters he plays. So um, her arrival in this town awakens something primal uh, inside of it. So that's uh, that's where we'll start. So let's uh, let's lead off with John. Okay, men. Uh, I'm I'm probably not the only one that I don't know why I just kept thinking of Two and a Half Men when I saw this title at first. <laughs> the same song. Um, I apologize. First off, because I'm gonna probably piss like everybody off here. Shocker! <laughs> so shocker. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just gonna read my notes a little bit, and then I'll give my evaluation because I gave it a day. So my notes say, in the first 30 minutes, the main character goes to a cottage, talks to a weird Monty Python character, goes on a walk, and then sees someone at the other end of the tunnel and briskly jogs away, who looks like a crash test dummy with a penis. Up close, he actually looks like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy without muscles. So that was the first 30 minutes of the movie. Um, I did not like this movie at all. I don't think uh, I like where this is going. Maybe we should start with somebody else. I know. I, I, okay, so when I first watched it, um, I had heard so much about it. And, you know, I already kind of heard the polarizing reaction like a lot of these newer films get. The first thing I would say is Alex Garland historically i do like his stuff i love dread that he wrote sunshine it's a great movie that he wrote um 20 days later is classic um you know ex machina i've seen some of but what i've seen is great right um haven't seen all of it but it is awesome for what i've seen this movie the acting is very good um rory kinnear is a great actor he does great in all the parts he really is like a really good actor and I give it to him. He he made every one of these roles so unique, right? So I can't say anything bad about the acting. Even um, Jesse Buckley, she did great. The acting is, I mean, there's nothing I can say bad about that. I just, the story in the movie itself, I think this type of movie really applies to certain people more, right? It obviously applies to women, but it obviously applies to people who experience trauma, right? It's a movie about trauma. It's a movie about how she perceives people after trauma. You know, her boyfriend dies, kills himself in front of her, and all men look the same to her due to her trauma. The filmmaker is not saying that all men are the same, but it's he's saying that in her eyes, from her experience, they all are the same based on that, right? The film itself, though, just, it's, I think there's an opportunity there, but I think the pacing and the length, it just doesn't work for me. 
and the ending is just out there right the butthole birth thing that's just like so out there um so i i really did not like this movie at all but that being said even though i didn't like it i kind of i took a day to think about it and i was like you know it's not necessarily a bad movie it's just not my cup of tea it's not for me right it's really meant for a certain audience um it is an elevated horror movie i hate that term this so, so this is a real here's if you want a real here's a real fuck elevated horror i hate that term like that term should not exist elevated horror i'm i'm in agreement with joe bob it was invented by people who were ashamed of being horror movie fans because they thought oh we have to label this something more than horror it's like that's story making that's filmmaking right that's been around forever you don't have to call it that for it to be good right anyway there's your rant on elevated horror that being said um i think it's the scenery is great in this movie i think it's really pretty i love the english countryside the plants everything there's you know just a lot of really great cinematography um and the acting is solid i just the story i really did not like the story and the pacing so i don't know what else i can really say about it other than that um it's it's a movie it's made for a certain audience but i i, I can but i can safely say it's not meant for me right it's not intended for me so yeah, I'll pass it on to you guys. I apologize for anyone that loved it, but I had to be honest. Well, and that's fair. Like movies aren't for everyone. So that's perfectly fair. And and you know, like most people, you see the good in it. You see what's great about it. So that's fine. We're used to you kind of being the the downer on some of these movies. We like if it's not you, it's gonna be <laughs> Kellen. So right. all right. Uh let's Ew. go to Nathan. Nathan, tell us why tell us why you picked men, what you think about the film. So Men was actually my favorite movie of 2022. Uh, I, I like it for a number of reasons. And actually the writing was on top of all of those reasons. I felt like it, it was very similar to the movie Mother, if anyone's seen that. So yeah. it kind of it kind of had those sort of vibes. I I feel like there was a lot to be said and a lot to be interpreted from it, but it seemed to have a very like biblical theme. And I kind of like it when movies have those where it's almost like a secret message and coding, you know, kind of like if you know, you know, uh, you know, the, the film starts out with her eating that apple after seeing her husband fall, you know, he, she's at the cottage, she eats the apple and then, and then the man shows up and he makes he makes the awkward joke, you know, and I, I think a lot of it what was kind of like it was like an Adam and Eve thing in a sense that we're all like all all men and, and women as well have kind of like evolved or devolved from from this one like nature man you know that that we see in the movie also eating the apple later on and i just thought that was that was really beautiful um yeah i can't say enough for you know the the acting in it i mean you've basically got two actors for for a majority of the film uh that are significant of course you know there was there was the husband and you know the female police officer and her friend as well but they they did a lot with so little really as far as a cast goes which which was kind of cool too um so those are those are kind of the things that i like about it what my my favorite scene in it though is when right before the whole birth scene uh she almost gets hit by a car right and right before then you know you're looking at this magnificent sky that's just like insane and she stares up at it and i was reminded of this verse in the bible where it says you know your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky and she's looking at all that almost gets hit by a car and then boom these dudes are all giving birth to each other each one more terrible than the last so it kind of takes these 
ancient stories that we know as for benevolence and makes this kind of twisted tale of it. it 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 almost even reminded me a little bit of like a david lynch movie in those ways but yeah i'm a i'm a pretty big fan of it and those are the reasons i like it so it's, i i'm trying to think of what i told kellen when he watched it or was it was it this one or was it the black rainbow that's the one it was like david lynch is having sex with david cronenberg while oh, no, uh, kubrick's um, in the corner <laughs> no it was it kubrick kubrick and cronenberg had a baby while lynch masturbated in the corner <laughs> that would apply to men too i think that's right, gotta Kellen. be real <laughs> it would be a hell of a visual um so in a, here's here's the interesting thing for me so a lot of times me and jay kind of briefly talk about we don't really go into details we don't really kind of give away anything um but we kind of briefly go over um the movies that we're watching and he said after you, you need to go ahead and watch it earlier so that you have time to kind of look up some of the theories and things behind it and this is one of the movies that i watched and didn't like and then as i started to read the theories grew a better and better appreciation for it because i'm an idiot i don't know if y'all know this um i'm very simple uh brain no work good most time so (laughs) i kind of like to have the only movie i can think about think of that doesn't expressly tell you what's happening requires you to put some thinking in that I actually really love. And I've watched multiple times is Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko is one of those movies that's kind of open to interpretation, but they give you enough to piece together your own identity of what's going on in the movie. This one, not so much. This is a very oblique, obscure kind of dialogue that they're saying. If you're not intently watching it to try to, puzzled together clues like Sherlock Holmes. I'm not Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I, fin- I finished the movie and was like, uh, I have no idea what just happened. Um, like John said, the birthing scene, I was just like, okay, what? 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 <laughs> I was like, did did the streaming service I'm using accidentally flip to it? No, that's still the same guy's face. So obviously I'm still watching the same movie, but it has taken a wild turn. Um, but then I started I started reading some of the the explanations or breakdowns of the film and uh the two that um i fell on that i really that really made me appreciate this movie were one it's the grief cycle for her she's going through she didn't process it she's going on this trip as kind of like a psychological escape to to get away from everything to to mentally declutter however you want to say it and through the events of this movie the grief that she hasn't processed from her husband dying by accident or killing himself. You know, we don't know exactly what happened, but they, they, I can see your face, Jay. They, they allude to he, that he, he may have, that he pushed his way into the apartment upstairs and was trying to climb down to her. Um, One of the theories I said, based on the look on his face, um, it looks like he may have accidentally fell because, you know, he kind of looks shocked that they're face to face as he's falling so um, uh if i may so when i saw that and i thought that the different interpretations like did he fall or did he jump <clears throat> it made me think of uh the song ghost by bad flower where it's like the cutting is the easy part but regretting it is so fucked so that's what i read into that is he did it and he intended to jump off but then he realized that's it like he's gonna be gone i think it was just that regret of course it, it, either way but that's how i yeah. read that well, I feel like I feel like if you're gonna jump off, why would you push your way into the balcony? Just go to the roof, and then two, wouldn't your back be to the window if you jumped off? Like unless you were intentionally <laughs> just because you were pissed off at her, wanted her to see you do it. Yeah. But that would that would take that would require so much planning. Well, though, that she just happens to be looking out the window at the exact moment that you. Plus, fall. it's a good visual for the film, like the eye. Yeah, eye. yeah, absolutely. Um, but regardless, want, go ahead. 
I did want to mention, and I did not notice this the first time I saw the film, but I watched it this morning uh, to kind of refresh on it. There is a scene in it where she explains his death to someone, and she says that he went into the neighbor's apartment and was trying to climb down to get into hers, and he fell. So uh, that gives some credit or credibility to he didn't commit suicide. Yeah, and 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 like I said, reading about it, it, it's almost kind of left to interpretation. You know, that's the story. Maybe he was pushing his way to try to climb down. Maybe he pushed his way in to jump. Um, but 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 regardless, um, you know, she's going through the grief cycle. She's she's having to process the trauma of what happened, and she goes through the five steps with all of the interactions that she happens all the way to acceptance at the very end when when her husband is finally birthed and is sitting on the couch you know and she almost no reaction just kind of sits down what do you want from me you know she's kind of just accepted that you know that's what happened he's gone nothing i can do about it anymore i've processed it the other was that each individual person she comes across is a representation of the abuse that she endured from her husband um the kid you know verbally abusing her because she doesn't want to play hide and seek the the vicar blaming her for what happened just like he would because because the the threat of suicide in and of itself in that situation um is an emotional tactic it's 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 you know something that abusive people do being mentally abusive i I dated a girl who her ex-boyfriend um to convince her to come over said that he was sitting there looking at his gun just thinking about ending it all um because she wouldn't talk to him so it's psychological abuse more than anything of course we see the physical abuse when he hits her uh, over the phone argument um but it's more of a psychological abuse and and that's kind of again that's what all those people represent the the same person keeps popping up she doesn't recognize them as different people but they're representations of the different kind of abuse that she faced in her relationship with this man and this process ends up eventually helping her let go of that so she can move on with her life and you see that um, in her face at the end which that was a great visual for me because a lot of times these movies want to be um they want to leave too much open to interpretation and there's an easy way at the end for her to her friend to show up and there not be any evidence that anything's happened and it leaves you thinking when it goes to black and she smiles that maybe this is all in her head maybe none of this was real but they show the blood streaks the friend sees them she's got still has blood on her face so obviously the events that happened in this movie happened to her um so yeah so so watching the movie I didn't get it. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. Maybe it's because because you know, watching another psychological movie the day before <laughs> fried my brain trying to process that, and I had no willpower left to try to use any intelligence to figure out what was happening. But reading about the movie gave me a far better appreciation for what they were doing, um, and I and it's definitely a movie that now that I have kind of some ideas from other people who have done a better job of breaking this movie down that I would definitely want to go back and watch this again intentionally um, more intentionally than just for this episode to watch it and, and try to piece together myself, how the representation is played out through the whole movie. So I had no expectations. I figured it would be good since it's a 24, but yeah, going into this movie um, by the time I finished it and then read about it, um, very solid flick. So really enjoyed it. Yeah, so Kellen said a lot of the stuff uh, that I was probably going to uh, allude to, but but everybody's kind of touched on some points. So let me try and backtrack and and, and piece all the threads. For me, uh, first I'll start off by saying I watched this film when it first came out in the theater. It was a sparsely attended theater. Um, I'm glad I didn't see this one with my daughter. I did see Midsommar with my daughter, and I'm still regretting that. Uh, <laughs> um, what was interesting to me was that by about the midpoint 
of the film there and there was a lot of couples for whatever reason in this because because this was kind of sold in, in the advertising as a very feminist kind of take on a art house a24 horror film which it is uh, but i i think a lot of people didn't expect it to be quite what it was and have quite as many male genitals all <laughs> scattered throughout the film so it was kind of funny it was kind of like and then there was none <laughs> There was a TJ left on the back row by the by the end of it, uh, especially by the end sequence. Like I literally saw four to six people leave in the middle of that sequence, which was just hilarious to me. So I had I had my own little experience in the theater with this film that I'll always remember. But yeah, it's a weird film uh, and it's meant to be a weird film. Uh, it's meant to be a provocative film. And I think Kellen kind of hit the nail on the head with with the idea of uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko was the first film that I watched and I had to go on the early days of the internet and, and message boards and just figure out what in the blue hell did I just watch <laughs> and what does it even mean? And then immediately- I watched it twice. I watched it twice back to back. Yeah, because it was such a great film, but I had no idea what was going on. I did the same thing. I kind of got online and started looking. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch it back to back too. Talking about Donnie Darko, like I, and then I'm so glad that that the director actually uh, of that film, um, I forget his name, eludes me. Richard something. Um, but yeah, I never would have guessed the the whole timeline and stuff of that. But enough about Donnie Darko. Great classic film. Watch it. Watch the director's cut specifically. It's much better. Uh, but men, men, yeah. Um, and also, like John said, I hate I hate the 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 term elevated horror. I would call this more art house horror. And and a twenty four is kind of. Uh, it's becoming a niche for that sort of film films that play more in the subtext than they do in a straight watch with, with the straight text of the film. Right. Cause the straight text of this film is there's not a whole lot to it. I mean, you can tell, you can tell even on the surface that there's some, some resemblance of, of, of story dealing with trauma, right. From the first scene to the last scene, it kind of bookends and, and you see that there, there's some story, about this woman and her grieving process. And I think Kellen hit hit the nail on the head with with if you actually, you know, meter it out, she goes through all of the processes, all of the, I think there's seven steps of of grief and ends with acceptance there at the end with with the representation of her her dead husband uh, sitting there with him again. Uh, and that being the thing that she's been grippling with grappling with in the subtext of the whole film uh and the things that that nathan pointed out about a lot of the biblical imagery being very intentional the adam and eve the eating the apple all that kind of stuff i think there's a lot of that there and i think that literally so so if you really get into theology regardless what what denominational kind of bent you go to if you get into christian hardcore theology uh, most of it comes down to the idea of sin entering the world with the fall of man kind of hit it on the nose starting this film with a literal fall of a man. And that being the thing that starts kind of the evil and the the wickedness and the, the journey of trauma that this woman has to go through and reliving that trauma and how it plays out from generation to generation to generation uh, until, until the healing or the second coming, uh, uh, if you will, the second coming of the son of man is what, what Jesus was called. Um, and, and there there's, I mean, you could write thesis papers and, and stuff on, on how much of that imagery and how much of that stuff is in there and how closely it ties. And that's just one element. There's also a very, uh more ancient kind of pagan element of of the green man and i'm not talking about charlie day from always saying philadelphia green man that would have been a very interesting take especially with all the penises but um <laughs> but no a more ancient kind of um 
uh, almost a male representation of kind of mother nature or Gaia, uh, kind of the male version of that. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's an image. It's usually just a face with like leaves coming out of it. That, that is very prominent in ancient cathedrals. Um, and even like pre Greek and Roman era, uh, I think it even goes back as far as like ancient Samaria, this whole idea of, uh, a male representation of of nature, uh, which is usually represented and and more of uh, the representation that would come later as as a feminine. But but there is also this idea of kind of the yin and yang and the balance. There is masculine and feminine energy and and everything, right? So you can't really talk about this film without talking about the representations and the subtext, because as a straight film, just on the surface, uh, it's kind of odd. It's kind of slow plotting and you're either on board for that or you're not. It's excellently acted. I actually, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I didn't realize until I looked up about the film that Rory Kinnear played like almost all of the characters and his face was kind of being superimposed in some cases, like in the little boy, I knew that little boy, something was up with that little boy, but I didn't piece together that that was the same dude's face until like the very end of the movie. And then I was like, Oh, mind blown. Okay. This is, I see why that dude wanted to be in this movie. Cause he got to play like nine roles and that's like a tour de force. So good on Roy, Rory Kinnear. Uh, I've seen him crop up as kind of bit roles and a, a good British character actor, but man, he basically uh, is this movie and, and his performances and so different and are his performances that, that I could see him get lost in those characters. And so can't give any higher praise to, to an actor than literally he got lost in the role and I, he obviously has the same face. I mean, that's, and, and that's a point that they're making is, is the face of trauma kind of always uh, plays out in a similar way. Uh, no matter, you know, what your situation is, trauma always presents in a certain way and trauma be begets trauma, right? Which, which I think is one of the things that, that, you can read in, in that ending scene of like hurting people, hurt people. And it, it just, the cycle of trauma, all of that kind of stuff. I I'm, I'm here for that. I love all this kind of stuff. I think as a straight film, it's a little clunky. It could have had a little more interest, even though it was very, the cinematography as Nathan kind of alluded to is, is stunning all throughout and the sound design is great i love when when the lady is is kind of uh singing into that tunnel and then they use that as as kind of a you know a sound reference for the soundtrack all throughout the film and it's this kind of very haunting almost you know it's almost this earthy spirit kind of thing which i think it just it just adds to the the layer of mostly what is happening is happening in this lady's mind. So to have it's very her, similar to Squid Game that that kind of haunting yeah. woman voice that oh, oh. yeah and 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 for it to be her own voice, I think just kind of really, I think it adds to the effect of of the fact that so much of this is an interior story that we're just kind of have a a fly on the wall perspective of uh and i do think as kellen alluded to at the end that obviously someone got killed i i don't know that we'll ever know exactly who got killed or or, or how or why after all that mess of an ending happened but because we only kind of see through the main character's lens and she's a unreliable narrator which are some of my favorite stories kind of like christopher nolan's memento right you kind of see through the pr main protagonist's point of view but his point of view is so skewed he only remembers five minutes at a time and talking about the violence at the end did you notice the the parallel when the green man's arm gets cut paralleling her yes. husband's arm cut mm -hmm. on the, that was yeah, i, that I was really enjoyed that. visual i enjoyed that and i you know, that just goes back to the, the aspect of like she she's seeing her husband and the trauma 
beset on her by that tragic death of her husband in everyone. And she's transposing that onto every situation. Uh, so whether she was culpable for a horrible murder at the end of the thing, who knows? Uh, I, I watched the Blu-ray. I watched they had a short, like 24 minute documentary. And and one thing I, I, I equally hate and appreciate about Alex Garland uh, is he will not tell you what, what his reading of it. He has a very specific reading that influenced the way he filmed and told that story and wrote that story, but he's not going to tell us. <laughs> and, and I, I kind of, as as an artist, I, I respect that because I respect that there's an infinite number of ways to read this. And there's a ton of subtext in to be read. And I think it's in there intentionally because obviously he's a very good writer. He's been from his work in relationship with Danny Boyle and all the, the really good films that he has written excellent scripts to. It, it, it's not unintentional, all of that stuff that can be read into it. Uh, so... I like it. I don't think it's a perfect film, but it is one that I will uh, revisit. What about you, Jay? So going last, as I usually do, most of the points are picked over. So everybody made a valid point. I'll start light. John, you said it every time you thought about men, it made you think of two and a half men. Every time I thought about it and me saying the words, I like men, it just made me think that someone in this group will say, that's what she said. And that's all I can think about. Cause I did in fact, like, man, I like this movie. I bought it when it came out. Cause I was excited about it. I'm pretty sure TJ and I had, had talked about it over text. Cause you'd seen it in theaters and you say, you need to watch it. And like, <clears throat> I like weird shit, obviously. Um, you know, Kelly and I had a podcast before this called weirdos. Like we're weird. We like this stuff. Elevated horror. I don't care if you call it elevated horror. I don't care if you like that as a genre. It is what it is. A24 is known for elevated horror until they made Talk to Me, which I do not think is considered elevated horror, at least in my eyes and probably John's eyes too, as we both watched it this week. But that's another episode coming soon. Um, the biggest takeaway from this movie is Roy Kinnear, which we've all touched on. He was amazing. And TJ, I'm a little disappointed you didn't realize that was him the entire time. I can just imagine you watching in theater and seeing the kid and like, why does that kid look so weird? He kind of looks old. And then finally coming to that he's realization. Got, I was like, like, he's got such a weird face for a 12-year-old. A 40-year-old, 12-year-old. And, and, and the creepiest part of the entire movie was almost him. It's probably second or third. But if you, Kellen, say hello to everyone. When you look at Kellen's hello. photo down there, that's the corner. That's the mask the kid wore. And that's creepy as shit. It's very similar to uh, the Purge, the first Purge movie. Like that mask is, that's creepy. Um, TJ talked about the tunnel scene that was my favorite scene in the entire film um, and because they reused her voice into the soundtrack and I will be buying that soundtrack soon um, because it's so it's beautifully haunting and that's right up my alley as well uh, but that whole scene because she's there and she's kind of letting herself loose for the first time in this movie and she's just ha 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 and then all of a sudden something kind of starts to creep up it's a very creepy scene uh going back to the green man stuff uh green man the lore of green man it's fertility it's the cycle of life and death which also you know that comes towards the end when we see the constant rebirth which is probably one of the grossest scenes in any film you'll ever watch um but all the different characters that rory kinnear played i assume kelly and i read probably the same article because when you google like men 2022 explain there's a few articles and the one that comes on top is the one i read that's probably the most in depth and that kind of suggested that a lot of that stuff at the end wasn't real which obviously it wasn't um it's in her head it's her ptsd it's her processing her trauma which then takes me back to the car and i didn't think about it uh, until i read that article but she probably did try to leave panicked crashed the car herself and that could be where that blood came from like it doesn't necessarily have to be a murder it could be her own blood where she tried to leave for whatever reason freaked out hit the wall hit the tree whatever she hit that could be the blood i like to think that when i go back and i think this is probably my third time watching it um a24 does no wrong in my opinion yet uh that came close with talk to me again another story for another episode but 
I don't know. I, I enjoy this movie. It's beautiful. Um, it looks great. Um, the girl who plays Harper, I can't think of her real name. John mentioned her earlier, but she's in another movie on Netflix, which is I'm thinking about ending things. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Watch that next. Uh, well, maybe not Kellen because it, it, it does involve a lot. And between this and Beyond the Black Rainbow, I don't know if you're ready for it yet, but she's a fantastic actress. She's been a lot of other things too, but I don't know. I think my biggest takeaway is just the acting and the cinematography. And I just like, I love every shot. I love the fall from grace in the beginning when he, when he jumps, I love the eating the forbidden fruit. Like I love all the biblical terms, all the green man lore. Like I loved every aspect of it. Um, there's really not that much else to say between everyone else. So we'll just go ahead and go into our rankings and we're going to start low and start with John. I really hope that somewhere in the, when we're doing this episode, that grandpa Simpson shows up in one of the reels. <laughs> this is like the right time to do it. Um, Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I don't know. You know, I do. There's a lot of odd movies that don't make a lot of sense that I love. Like I think of like a racer head. I was thinking about that movie when I was watching this, and that's such a strange film. It's he like said, he says, as he has nothing but trouble poster behind his. Head. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, yeah. I mean, this movie. Thinking about it now, more, I, I do think this probably would have worked a lot better as like a graphic novel. I think if you put, I think that's probably the main problem. Is this really was not great for a film i think if you put this in a comic book it probably could work because the representation the cgi all of it you could sort of it, it would be easier to digest i've seen that a lot with some movies lately though it's just the the way they the form they're using is just not right and sometimes that's just as a creator you sometimes pick that wrong spot for something just my opinion um but i mean initially i was not sure how i would rate this i was kind of like my initial, my initial reaction, I, I understood what they were trying to do, but I was just like, oh, I just not like this. Thinking about it, though, with the acting and everything, and it shot well. And I know that this film does mean something to a lot of people. And I think it does touch on some serious shit. It does. So, I mean, honestly, I would say as a film, probably 2.5 out of 5. Uh, that's probably the best I can do, realistically. That's fair. All right, Nathan. What did you give it? Well, I hate to give anything a five out of five. So, you know, but being they did, they've done so much with so little, you know, as far as like casting goes, it just really brought out the strengths of those two actors, you know, uh, great story, great direction. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. Nice. Kellen. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that I didn't really touch on. The acting was phenomenal, especially the scene, uh, the conversation. Uh, Rory Kinnear aside, obviously fantastic, but Jessica Buckley, yes, I looked it up. Um, the scene where she's having the discussion with her husband about the divorce and she just becomes super emotional is such a such a powerful scene and she acts it so well. Um, to what Jay said earlier, uh, I refuse to believe that she didn't stand there and watch Rory Kinnear rebirth himself multiple times in the <laughs> foyer of that house. Uh, so, <laughs> If we had to watch it, she had to watch it, right? Exactly. Um, so that 100% happened. That was not in her head. There was uh, uh, multiple butthole births <laughs> at the end of the movie just to make sure that you didn't fall asleep or if that you did fall asleep and you woke up at that scene, you would be traumatized forever. Uh, so for that reason... Uh, and, and like I said, I, I definitely want to revisit it now that I have a better understanding of just on a first watch with what it was, 3.5. TJ? Yeah, well, I, I have to take into account that because of this film, I can never look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger 1994 classic Junior ever the same way again, because now I have a better sense of how that ends. Uh and that's horrific in and of itself, thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger having to go through such horror, such flesh-rippingly horror. <laughs> but Wasn't there an uh, SNL skit called that was like butt butt babies, like <laughs> the God, woman I who was pregnant so. is like, oh, it's a butt baby. I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. But 
I, I, I waffle between 3.5 and 4, but I think because this movie demands rewatching and demands study, like few films I've ever seen really do, I, and I believe the more that I rewatch it over over time, the more I'll see in it and the more I'll appreciate it, about it. So I'm giving benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say four out of five. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm an Alex Garland fan. And that that's part of what I was excited about going into it. Um, I'm, I gave it a four. I think I originally had a 4.5 or a five originally when I first watched it. Um, I dropped it down to a four, which averages out to 3.7. We'll call it a four. But for the same thing is the same reasons I usually give for the rankings I give. Is this a movie I want to show other people? Check. Is this a movie I want to watch again? Check. Is this a movie that made me feel something? Check. Like it checks all the boxes all the way around. I think Uh, it gets graphic, but life is graphic, you know? Uh, it's a very serious situation that they're they're covering in this film, so we should feel uncomfortable when we watch it. So I gave it a four, uh, so four overall. Um, and go watch. Uh, I'm thinking of anything's next um, because she she's fantastic as well. So all right, uh, that's going to be a wrap on this episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Uh, follow us on Instagram. If you have Amazon Music, I've recently made a playlist, uh, which will feature some spoken nerd music as well now. Uh, The playlist features music and scores from the artists and the films that we've had so far. Uh, And I think it's pretty solid. Like, it's it's, it's a fun listen, and it's like a roller coaster ride. So put it on uh, random when you play it. So um, come back next week. Uh, I'm not sure what we're watching next week, but so... Uh, Nathan, Spoken Nerd, thank you for joining us. Uh, you want to take a second to tell everybody where they can find your music, uh, wherever you're playing shows, and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you can find out about shows online through my Bandcamp. That's SpokenNerd.Bandcamp.com. Also, you know, check out my music on Spotify any or wherever you like to stream music. If you type in Spoken Nerd in those platforms it's going to show up uh if you really want to support in a financial way you know pick up a vinyl online at spokennerd.bandcamp.com and thank you absolutely go check out his music great pick up the vinyl i have two uh they're great it's a lot of fun uh highly recommend uh he's very knowledgeable with movies so we'll definitely have you back on the show uh it was a good time uh so go check him out go buy shit Go catch them live. Uh, You will not be disappointed. All right, so that's going to be it for this episode. I'm Jay with John, Kellen, Nathan, and TJ. And until next time, keep it spooky. get a couple minutes okay so kellen what would you have rated men if you hadn't have looked up about what it's actually supposed to be about after you first watched so i kind of tried to rate it like that anyway 3.5 you know i probably would have gone a little lower um just because and and full disclosure i've literally watched beyond uh, the black rainbow the day before and that mind fucked me so hard yeah, it's an odd one <laughs> so i went into this and was like and 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 knowing it was a24 i went in and i was like oh god no i can't do this <laughs> so i might have gone oh, closer man. with john i might have been closer to like a 2.5 because literally i was like last night me and jay went and saw rob zombie and it didn't until 11 and i had an hour and 15 minute drive home so I was already tired going into watching this and then I watched it kind of tired. So yeah, if I hadn't, if I hadn't had the benefit of being able to see more intelligent people's take on this movie, it probably would have been a lot, a lot lower. And I probably would have had more, you know, WTF moments at that ending because good Lord yeah. props to the <laughs> special effects guy, because that was that as close to realistic looking as it could be has anybody played that game um i can't remember what it's called it's it's a little it's a switch game you're you're a kid escaping from some kind of like oh limbo um, 
no, it's like you're you're escaping from some kind of um, science facility and you're running oh. through the darkness. Well, anyway, the ending is super creepy. You end up melding with a bunch of like babies and other things, and you become this giant blob of just arms and feet rolling through the ending of the game and the game ends on Ooh. as you as a giant blob on the beach <laughs> that's what i saw <laughs> when i saw this is just a mass of grossness <laughs> um <laughs> movies some movies are enhanced to me like i told you like read about it mother like nathan mentioned the similarities to mother has anybody else seen mother with jennifer lawrence i, I haven't seen that. it but i've I read mean, a lot about biblical. the allegory of it yeah yeah i mean it's the bible but that's, that's yeah, another Lawrence, movie yeah. after I watched it, aside from appreciating Jennifer Lawrence naked, I was like, what, what, what happened there? So you go back and read it and it like, there's some good sites out there that break stuff down a lot better than my brain works. And that made me appreciate that movie more. Uh, I still like men better. That's, that's Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which he makes a lot of weird the internet. Yeah. What did they do before the internet? When, like imagine watching this movie in like 1989. They, they went to Rex Reed or Roger Ebert. It was always like, yeah, it was very much like a very written. Or they thing. had like whole whole books of literary and film criticism Blech. they used to put Blech. out every year. <laughs> or Leonard right. Malton's movie guide, which I used to buy those. Oh, I love I kind of remember yeah, them. But I kind of I kind of miss that, though. I kind of miss Siskel and Ebert and Leonard Malton and the, the like the OG movie reviewers they, you know, yeah, listening to them kind of talk about Tarantino stuff. Tarantino discovered so many of those old school movies. So they were kind of biased to slashers. Was the only problem. I love them, but they, in the eighties, they were so behind the times on the, the style of horror because they just hated Friday the 13th and all. And I think it was just because they were like, there was that whole like tipper gore mindset going on and everybody mm -hmm. was like anti- like I, I think now explicit labels and right so so but roger ebert famously gave evil dead two like three or three and a half stars and gave it a, he was paid a, off by stephen king so if you've made it this far i'm assuming we're just gonna tack this on to the end of the episode i think yeah. that would be fun like whoever stays on late you hear this rambling that we always do and we never record and every time we have a guest on I'm like you should have recorded that like shit we should have so <laughs> we kind of did it this time you missed some of the other stuff but we we hit the record button just in time so um go watch men or don't Later. if you like seeing if you like seeing a grown man birth himself out of his own ass for a good five straight minutes and who doesn't who's I'm your in. i'm in <laughs> it also comes from his spine too right one of them comes from the spine like his back i think, I think so. it, was, it was interesting on the special features they talked about how much work went into their special effects department uh to make that scene and it like, had to be 50 percent of the budget <laughs> easily and, there was so much stress around if this doesn't look cool we're done <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> yeah. be bad you, you know, could have shot that whole it. movie anybody could have shot 90 percent of that film it's that last 20 minutes where it just <laughs> yeah and i think that 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 part was a good relief to you know one thing i wanted to say is we've kind of had some different talks about elevated horror and you know how it's for some and maybe not for others like one thing with me was i used to not like david lynch and the reason was the first thing i watched from david lynch was moholland drive oh, right. I mean, I oh that's that. yeah I, I watched that's a tough one to start with yeah, I watched like Twin Peaks as a kid, but when I go back and try to watch all these things, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. And I thought that I was just missing something. So I would watch, I watched Mulholland Drive like, you know, over and over again. Like, what am I not getting here? And I felt like real dumb. But then I watched Eraserhead and I totally got it. Like, there's an element of, comedy in these films that's like maybe and maybe not this one i mean there's not a lot of comedic element in it although i do think those births were kind of funny um it, it just really you know to to take it in in that regard it's there's a lot less pressure on it to realize that not everything has to have a deeper meaning or make a lot of sense you know it's it's uh a lot of times it's about the the feel and the the flow of things and one thing that that i enjoyed a lot watching the commentary on the film 
was Jesse Buckley seem, you know, I expect her to kind of be a little more serious and not very fun to listen to, you know, because of her character in the movie, but she was hilarious. She was kind of like, you know, uh, just seemed like a very fun person in general. So it was kind of cool. All right. So we're going to cut out. If you made it this far, shoot us a message and I'll send you some stickers and shit. Awesome. <laughs> Should I should I put this on after the? I would put it on after music? the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see who sticks around. Yeah. Behind the. But what scenes, if when you put it on behind they're, they're the screen, like, they're just like, and there's the credits. Cut it. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, people have to make it to the credits first. <laughs> yeah. This this is the blooper reel. You know something I love about David Lynch, though, and I've appreciated later in life, is that he's a filmmaker that he really embraces the oddness of life with his dialogue and his scenes. Like, there's so many of his movies are just like they're weird, but life is weird. Like, it's like he embraces that awkwardness, like Blue Velvet. There's so many. I just watched Blue movie. Velvet two weeks ago for the first time. God, really? I love that movie. So, oh, so good, good. classic. I don't know. You that know, I've ever one seen of my favorite. One of my fa- is I forget if it's David wow, Cronenberg or David. From that. David Cronenberg. Oh, you've never seen a David Lynch movie? No, I'm who? looking through the list and I haven't. Oh yeah, yeah no, Kellen probably has. Oh. I can answer on his behalf. He's never seen a David. Lynch oh movie. man, come on. Who who did the movie like around 2000 where the guy? It's like a rated G movie. It's either Lynch or Cronenberg where he just drives a. A uh, lawnmower, a riding that's lawnmower. David that's David Lynch. That's that a good David one. Lynch. Yeah, that's a surprisingly good film and very un-David yeah. Lynchian. Cronenberg's not doing anything remotely close to PG. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was G. I'm pretty well, sure. even even worse. Yeah. But yeah, Kellen, we will get together and I will tell you which Lynch films to watch first. Start with Twin Peaks, I guess. Well, I've only seen, I think I've only seen one David Cronenberg movie, and that's uh, God damn it, Scanners. Man. <laughs> oh my god what? oh we oh should do god. we should what? do naked lunch yes it's, it's Ooh, i, have the book. It's I found the book at goodwill for 50 uh, cents that's a hard one to start on i don't no, know I, I may have seen jason x does that count yeah that counts <laughs> well, he's good in that movie i don't think i've seen that either uh, all right all right he's disappointing me i gotta go nathan <laughs> thank you again uh, let me see when we have this slated to come out. I think it's October, but let me double check. And then when we do, we'll tag you and share your stuff and all that fun nonsense. October so. 2nd. October 2nd. So you'll be the first Sounds Halloween good. month episode. Yeah. Spooky right. season. See you okay. tomorrow night when we record the movie I did not like. Spoiler alert. I did not like Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm saving all my comments i'm gonna save it yeah all right we'll see you thanks again Bye. nate hi guys see you nice to meet you